You are locked in to RSGP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. This is the show where we hit all the trending topics and headlines across entertainment, sports, culture, and lifestyle. I see you, Andy, with that fried chicken reference in there. Because that, obviously, is a link, a theme, if you will, for one of the stories that we're going to discuss in this hour. That's kind of crazy, you know, but... We'll get into that shortly. I always appreciate We always appreciate a good Nas vocal, you know, and a visual as long as it's not a performance. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Kind of. We love you, Nas. I just would like your stage show to, you know, step it up a little bit. To be more indicative of the vocal ability that you give to what you give us on wax. Well, do we say on wax anymore? Probably not. But it's the theory of it. It's the feeling of hip hop, you know, on stream for what you get, <laughs> from what you supply us with. We need to see that kind of energy on stage. But anyway, that is not the topic for today. Before we get into the KFC story, I forgot to mention, so today was the day, if you are a sports fan and you checked out Undisputed, there was the debut of Keyshawn Johnson, shout out to LA's own, Palisades and Dorsey High, USC's own, Keyshawn Keyshawn went to Palisades, he transferred to Dorsey for his senior year, so he only went to Dorsey for one year, so that's what's up with that. Shout out to that. Um, look at you. You didn't even know. You're supposed to know these things, Andy. That's I, your school. I didn't know. Nobody talked about it. Well, there you go. I just put you up on some game. Um, Richard Sir- Sherman and Michael Irwin, they made their debuts on Undisputed this morning with Skip Bayless joining him. Um, Lil Wayne also hopped up on there. He did a new opening theme song for them you know he's been um on the theme since the show debuted in 2015 so now that they're having a fresh look fresh song the new song is called good morning it's a little hot you know i will tell you what though skip bayless was reduced to a moderator Fact. with the three of them did you going watch it? in i watched a bit of it I, I caught it and it was very loud facts very very loud yes a lot of crosstalk yes and um i mean i'm gonna see what it looks like as the season goes on i see what they're trying to do but i don't know yeah (laughs) i don't know there were several moments where you could see skip bayless like he was raising his hand to speak and that is so not skip that's definitely not skip you could you could see it in his face like he was seething to talk i don't know if this is going to work. I mean, because I just realized, I'm like, oh, they got rid of uh, Jenny or I don't remember the blonde yeah. moderator person. Jen Hale. Jen Hale. Okay. Um, so she's gone. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this all rolls out. Mm-hmm. They're probably, you know, Rachel Nichols. We'll see her probably as we get closer to NBA, NBA season. We'll clock in with her next week on First Take, The Rivals. On ESPN, Shannon Sharp is going to be dropping in with him and Stephen A. on Mondays and Tuesdays. Another very loud show, I suspect. So it will be interesting to see the battle of the sports morning shows and how this sort of all shakes down. They basically just did a trade. Yeah. That's what they did. They did. And mixed up some of the parts on some of the daytimes that they'll see them on. Basically. I will say this. um, I, I saw the whole episode today. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. 
Um, I was just a little bit disappointed in Richard Sherman. Really? And disappointed in the sense that, and it has nothing to do with him. I just think, like you said, four is just too many people. Shout out to Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson did very well. But I think... um, but see, I feel like Keyshawn has had the benefit of doing radio for a right. very, very long right. time. And, I mean, he's been commentating, obviously, for a while. So I think he kind of knows how to pick his spots. Um, yeah, let's just, I, I think he took over. I think he took over, even more so than Michael Irvin. I think after Michael Irvin got his cowboy talk done in the Out beginning, the you could see he kind of fell back a little bit. Especially when they talked about LeBron, he kind of fell back a little bit. But uh, I just think four might be too much of a crowd. I would have loved to have heard a lot more from Richard Sherman, but I felt like he kind of got swallowed by a Keyshawn Johnson, who was very good and very polished, don't get me wrong. And, of course, you know what I'm saying, the the the, the flamboyantness of uh, of Michael Irvin. But I, I'm, I'm assuming that, obviously, this was the first day, so you're going to throw everybody in there. But as the days progress, it might just be a skip and, and Richard Sherman by themselves. You know, it, I, I know it's going to be a rotating situation. I think that they're going to test it. I think they're going to test out. We're going to see all different versions until they find the one that hits, okay. the one that clicks with the fans, the one that gives them the most insight. So I think we could see four, we could see two. You know, we're going to see different versions until they mm-hmm. get their mix going because chemistry is a hard thing and Absolutely. everybody's a professional, but blending all the voices together and yeah. making it go and making sure that it's entertaining for the fans, especially as we know, Skip is going to run a Cowboys LeBron topic into the ground, <laughs> they baby. did that today. <laughs> into the ground. But yeah, you know, when they first started with uh, Skip and Shannon, there was a lot of criticism about their chemistry. Yeah. And it took some time uh, for that to develop and look where they are right now. But I will say, Skip does not need to be the moderator. They need to put somebody in, into that position. And I don't think that they have room at the desk for another person. <laughs> so I think that they want to kind of, but they it's very clear that they need it. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I will say that. Absolutely. When we come forward, we will get into this KFC story. I know that you are waiting because you want to know what happened. We will also talk a little bit about who Eminem has sent a cease and desist letter to about utilizing his music. I'm going to share that with you. And we're, of course, going to talk about the top dirtiest cities in the U.S. and get into that. All of that and more, you were locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. You are locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. You know, we're going to hit up All of those trending topics and headlines across entertainment, sports, lifestyle, and culture. Of course, the chat is chatting. Tony Yeo is in the chat. He had some commentary on our last story. He asked, how does Undisputed make dollars? They only get 150 to 200,000 in ratings on a good day. And so I offered up ad revenue and maybe the podcast as an answer and tony said i get that they need the shoulder programming but these shows get such menial ratings and pay the personalities such outrageous salaries i guess it may be a loss leader and i i mean that makes sense i mean i think the bottom line is this look they have programming hours they have content that needs to be discussed across the board that fans want to hear who knows if they put a repeat in that place, they might get even lower ratings. So this might be, you know, 
what the expectation is. Obviously, across the board, as far as TV goes, ratings are not where they used to be. You know, like nothing is knocking it out the pot. Park, you got to think like back in the day, a TV show would get like 20 million viewers. That was like average that was cool you know for some stuff so we're in a totally different time frame now um the clips go viral they keep people locked into the station and again you know it spreads across the properties that they um have value in like the nfl so we'll have to see how it works out i am curious to see how it all shakes and you know what it looks like in kind of a month or so as the chemistry comes together so we'll be looking out for that because we're sports fans here and the nfl season starts soon right right so there was a kfc ad that was shared on twitter it's actually for kfc canada and the director of marketing of KFC is the one that shared it. And he's based in Toronto. And the ad that he shared, it, he featured three different billboards. And what we know KFC's catchphrase is, it's finger looking good, right? So these three ads feature a statement and it says, silverware not required right because it's finger looking good and what you see is whether it's a spoon or a knife or a fork you see the reflection of the individual not utilizing their silverware and you see some kfc and in the reflection it was all black people taking a huge bite out of the chicken and so people felt that it was racist that KFC was being racially insensitive by running these ads and then doing so only featuring people of color. Well, they actually were other races that were featured in the ad, but this particular director of marketing, who was very excited about the campaign, only opted to share those three. So it became a little brouhaha on Twitter and people were reacting and they brought up the fact that that is why it is important to have diversity in the room. Because logically speaking, if there was someone that was black, African-American in the room, they might have made note that, hey, I don't know how this campaign is going to play or maybe when you put it out, maybe there should be more diversity as far as the lead images because some people may not take it the way that you are wanting it to. Well, Azim, that is the marketing director's name, issued an apology and he then showed some of the other, the long actual commercial that is a clip that's featured with it and some of the other imagery. And his apology said, my earlier post didn't capture the full diversity of our latest campaign. And I personally apologize for not being more thoughtful in my excitement to share the campaign and only sharing certain photos. Here's the 60 second spot that is more representative of Canada's diversity and of our creative. So just, you know, kind of wondering, are we being too sensitive? Are you still upset at the imagery of 
black people and fried chicken? Do you eat watermelon in mixed company? I mean, that type of stuff, it seems silly, but these are the kind of things that this stuff directly correlates with. And so just kind of wondering what your thoughts are on that. And if you feel a way, do you think that people were overreacting and it's just a case of social media, social mediaing because they can? Or do you think that really it's something that they should have been more cognizant of? Andy, what do you say? People should have been offended with the Popeyes commercial and, 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 and the grandma lady. Yeah. I'm just saying. Love my chicken. You mean the lady that. Um, the black lady. The black lady. Yeah, they should have been offended by her. Why couldn't they have somebody else? play that role well see here's the thing though that is a good question but it it comes down to okay if you're honoring cajun culture right and there are white cajuns what do you want do you want us to be represented and do you want we talk a lot about at times about how things credit is taken from us that you know people will steal our style steal our flow and lay claim to it and not give us are just do so it, those type of things come up when you see things like that good point and with that being said i feel like it would be a lose-lose situation you know what i'm saying i, I understand representation but we also don't want to feed into the stereotype right so you know how do you how do you balance that you know? I mean, it's kind of hard when we're, you know, lining up for chicken sandwiches and causing a stir. But here's the problem, too, though. <laughs> it's not just black folk up in them spaces. Absolutely not. You, you know are absolutely saying? right. There was quite a plethora yeah. of races that were out there doing it. But I guess that's kind of the point. Do we are we being overly sensitive? Because there are a lot of other races that are involved and there. Everybody loves fried chicken. Fried chicken is Southern, not necessarily black, depending upon who you ask. But, you know, are we taking note of the little sly ways where we've been dissed in the past and the little jokey jokes that slipped under the rug? Or are we, is it an overcorrection? Because I think that in this era of a lot of things, there's been a lot of overcorrections because of Mm -hmm. the egregious violations that happened in the past. Right. Right. I, th- I think there there could be a little bit of of, of sensitivity there. Um, I think every emotion is valid. I, I will say that it, it's a, it's a tough bag. It's a mixed bag. Honestly, do I f- anytime anytime we have issues amongst us, we're definitely going to be sensitive. Right. You know what I mean? Can we dish it out? We could dish it out for sure. But don't 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 dare talk about us and how how we move and stuff like that. So. I don't know, man. It's tough. It is. It's a tough thing because if there were no black people in the KFC ad, we may not really have cared, but we might have been like, we like chicken. You know, so I don't know. I think what it is, is they, they with those ads, they need more diversity in those particular spots. Yeah. You know I'm saying you can have a black person, but then, you know, have a white person, have an Asian, you know what I'm saying? Mix it up. Especially considering the ad. But I think that there was a good point about even if you aren't offended by the ad, a person taking and showing only three images of black people doing this is probably someone that doesn't quite understand what they're doing. Or maybe they do, but they're ignoring it. Could it be fair, considering they're in Canada, I don't know what the demographics is, could it be fair that 
that's the demographic that they're trying to target, though? With Possibly. I mean, possibly. Well, here's the thing. I, I think not only because the ad director, well, the director of marketing that put out the initial tweets came back and said, you know, the spot is very diverse. My bad. I just thought the images were beautiful. So I think it might just be sometimes, you know, a lack of awareness. You don't pay attention to things that you're not aware are sensitive. Maybe, you know. <laughs> don't know the guy that's why it helps to have a room where there's different voices so maybe someone could have said hey that looks a little tricky and they might have still gone ahead and done what they did but at least the question would have been raised so it sounds like every ceo around the world needs to go through some sort of sensitivity training because you just don't know i mean but they probably did didn't they do that in 2020 when we went through the racial reckoning we had that, and there was an awful lot of that. Did Canada follow suit, though? I, I mean, they didn't have a racial reckoning, so maybe they didn't have to. <laughs> you know? I don't know how that works there. Different circumstances over Very there. Very different. So, you know, shout out to them. I don't. I, shout out to KFC, you know? I want some KFC right now, too. Do you really? Yeah. I love me some chicken. Do, I love chicken. And watermelon. Do I'm not you ashamed. Really? I So, I do not. Like, watermelon is iffy for me not because of any of the connotations just i'm not a melon girl that's really the is like i don't dislike watermelon but it has to be the perfect melon i'm not going to seek it out and all of those other melons cantaloupe honeydew keep them far away from me you don't know what you're missing Mm -mm, those are filler fruits so if you go to like a a party backyard boogie and they Mm -hmm. got like the little fruit platter you're not pineapple look pineapple which ain't a real fruit pineapple is a real how is it not a real fruit is there a seed in there exactly yes it grows on a tree it's a hybrid plant i'm gonna have to look trust me trust me and i love pineapple it, it hurt my feelings when I found out about that, but you know. I eat pineapple, so <laughs> <laughs> listen. I like stone fruit. I like peaches, stone nectar, fruit. stone fruits. So peaches, nectarines, oh, okay. stuff with the pit in it. Okay. Peaches, nectarines, you know, apricots, all you. of those. Okay. I like cherries. Okay. You know, strawberries, ah. grapes. Of course, my favorites are the grapes that aren't real. Not the cotton candy or any of those things, but I do like green seedless grapes. I realize all fruits should have a seed in order for it 100%. to get the health. I know that. Okay. Sometimes we're going to make some exceptions. So, Fair enough. <laughs> you know. I'm with you with the pineapple. But. I like pineapple cherries, you know, all of that. So I'm really, I'm a big fruit girl. I like fruit a lot, mm-hmm. but not melon. Fair. I like papaya, I like mango, passion fruit. Ain't papaya a melon? Is it? It looked like it. I don't know. You might. Is it a melon or a stone fruit? I don't know. We'll Google that. We're going to check into that. If you know, drop it in the chat and let us know because I might just be missing on that. Um, Tony Yayo says honeydew is the best melon, though. Watermelon, honeydew, then cantaloupe. Absolutely not. They're, They're filler fruits. It's nothing but water. That's why. No, 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 no. They're filler fruits because you use it to fill up a fruit cup or a fruit salad because you don't want to spend money on the better fruits. That's what it is. So they just put a bunch of those ugly and then they throw in a blueberry or two. And I don't particularly care for blueberries either. Watermelon is fire. Oh, you missing out. Mm. 
it's okay. You got to find you a nice, ripe, juicy one. I, and I agree with that, but I'm not going searching. I like I could I could miss it. There's other fruit that I could get into, you know. Just don't work for me. How about apples and bananas? So green apples only. Granny Smith, shout out to Granny Smith apples. Wow. You know, maybe every once in a while a honey crisp. I do not care for red apples what? as an adult. You like mm-hmm. sour and tart, huh? Absolutely. There you go, is right there. Interesting. Okay. I do. You said green grapes. Yes. Yes. You just love sour. I love sour and tart. That that okay. is me because I'm so sweet. So you know, opposite the track. There you go. Like That's what that is. But no, um, you know, yeah, keep that filler fruit little extra. So you like lemons and limes? I do, but within, re- I mean, I'm not just, I, I'm not eating a lemon or right. lime like that. Like, no, but I like, you know, I like lime in my water, lemon water, nice. very mm. healthy. Key you know, limes. Key limes. Yeah, I love key lime pie. That's not a f- dessert. Uh, that's a dessert, not a fruit, but. I can't rock with that. Ooh, key lime pie is amazing. I can't rock with that. Sorry. No. What? No. Uh, you're you not a pie pe- person peach cobbler i like peach cobbler love you peach know, cobbler is not a pie all day you know all day right i i don't but you know what i'm not really a pie person so there's that <laughs> i like cobblers i'll eat some pie but i'm not like what go do you pie. like i like a lot of stuff <laughs> i just named all the fruits you did, i you like did, you, did, you, did. <laughs> you know i like salads okay you know i like stuff what's your favorite greens my Kale. favorite Kale's a little bitter. Okay. No, I like mixed greens. So you got to give me mustard, collard, okay. and kale. <laughs> you got to mix them all together. You know. Absolutely. So shout out to that. Empress TZ in the chat says, I'm not a melon girl either. My mom wore me out with it as a child. Tony Yayo says, pink ladies are the best. Sour and sweet. Pink ladies are good apples. They're cool. And Empress TZ also says, but yellow watermelon sometimes. I did buy one yesterday at the Black Farmer's Market at Hollywood Park. But my family's going to eat it down. And key lime pie is my favorite. Me and Empress rocking out. We, <laughs> you know, we are locked in. We are fam. Leave that melon over here. Bring us some key lime pie and some other fruit. And, and we're good. Cool in the gang. And it's crazy because watermelon is actually extremely healthy for you. It is. It's all water. It's purifying. Yeah. It's I, I again. I do not dislike watermelon. Uh, I just don't seek it out. Uh, That's not. The, I didn't okay. say I didn't like. But honeydew and cantaloupe, <laughs> keep those far away from me. When we come forward, we'll have more of my food oddities, and we'll also talk about the dirtiest cities in the United States. Yes, L.A. is on that list, and we got to talk about it. We'll get into more trending topics and headlines. We will have coming up in hour two an interview with the Essence Magazine VP. All of that and more. You're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. News and sports is up next. Better come through with the Rakim from the Juice soundtrack. Really love Rakim. I remember being so sad that he and Dre, that that whole connection never came about. Know the ledge. So that was on the Juice soundtrack, but also Rakim, Eric B. and Rakim, properly, dropped an album that year. And it had my other cut on there, Mahogany. And it had, um, what is that beat? I can't remember what the sample is right now, but anyway. A little hip-hop history, a little bit, a little bit. 
You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Thank you, VIPs. We have been having an exciting conversation, all sorts of topics, you know, even the food stuff. Um, But now we have to talk about the dirtiest cities in America. I know that seems like a random topic, but this is of concern to me, right, personally, just because I don't like filth. And who does? Everyone wants their city to be nice, you know, may not always be able to be pristine, but you want your city to be well put together. It's healthy. We like to see the um, beauty of it. You can't see through that with, you know, trash and what have you. So House Fresh, which is an indoor quality, air quality company, they assembled a report ranking the dirtiest cities in the United States. To determine which city is the dirtiest, the team examined 12.3 million sanitation-related 311 complaints placed over the past year. And based on the number of reports made, they were looking at areas with populations of 100,000 or more, right? So they did this report, and it's based off of which area had the most 311 calls. And furthermore, what they did within that is break it down by zip code. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys who number one is. And then I'm going to skip to where L.A. falls on the list. And within L.A., how the different cities break out. Because I thought that this was interesting. So the top spot on the list as the dirtiest city in America is Baltimore. Uh, They had 890, no. 89,391 sanitation-related complaints, right, over the year. The next up, the next dirtiest city, Sacramento. Number three, Charlotte. And number four, Los Angeles, L.A. We had quite a few, I think they said 21,616-related, sanitation-related complaints. But to take it an even step, to take it a step even further, let's break down the dirtiest overall cities within L.A. So number one, it's not what you think, because I know I had my impressions of where I thought that this would land. It's actually the valley. The San Fernando Valley is number one. So next up, I don't remember what number two was, but number three hurt my heart. And this is kind of, well, all of it is why I brought it up. But this one, number three is right here in Lamert, the Crenshaw District, right where our KBLA studios are located. And that is as far as complaints. And I feel like the area is revitalizing and we're seeing a lot of change. But we talked about last week how L.A. is a sanctuary city. So other states send their homeless here. And we see the toll that it is taken around the city. So number four, I forgot what it is within L.A., but number five is right down the street, the West Adams area. So I say that to say, and I'm bringing this up, and I think we have a commercial running on the station right now about litter. So 
just think about it because this is your home. These are the areas that you live in that you care about. Helps prevent disease and so forth. So, you know, look around. Take care of things. Report things if you need to. What I also think that it says, though, that people probably aren't looking at is that I also feel like it means that you have a tapped in community, though, because if they are making those calls and putting in those complaints, then that means that they are aware and they want better for their neighborhood. So I hope that they are being taken seriously. Now, I know you want to know what the cleanliness city was in America. Um, the city that claimed the top spot, I'm going to give you the zip code too, so just so that you can figure out exactly where in that city in case these are things that you concern yourself with when you're thinking about, you know, vacation, your next move, any of those things. This city only had 19 complaints related to cleanliness in the past year. Um, I wonder if anyone in the chat can guess. Probably not. Well, <laughs> it's Houston, Texas. So the zip code is 77546. Congratulations. You are the cleanest city in the United States. So, you know, clap for that. So next up, we speaking of health issues, right? There is a trend that has been going on around TikTok. And I really want some of you to weigh in on this. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's a parent and a child. The kid is standing at the kitchen counter watching their parents cook. They're having a moment, and all of a sudden, the parent cracks an egg on the kid's face. And some of the kids are really dramatic, especially the younger ones. They cry. They're sad. They're confused. Some of them are upset. Well, you know, we've seen a variety of actions. But of course... The center, the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention has issued a warning related to this TikTok trend. You see how social media has this all messed up? So the warning is about handling raw eggs, of course. And it's stated that, you know, you still have to be careful when dealing with raw eggs. And, okay, you're having fun and these pranks are cute, but salmonella poison is a real thing. And if you are doing these activities with children that are under five, they're at a greater risk of falling seriously ill if they get infected. So a lot of pediatricians have spoken out about not only the physical harm that can come from this, but the emotional harm. A child trauma psychotherapist said, and I saw this on Yahoo, that... You know, technology influences human behavior, and she found it really, really difficult to watch all the clips. She said, we're talking about abuse disguised as having a bit of a laugh. She said, uh, for a child, the most important relationship they have is with their caregiver, whomever, and that at any given moment, they should be able to trust them and understand that this is the person that takes care of me. So she says it's not just the fact that the parents are cracking the eggs on their head. It's also that they're laughing at the children and that for the kids, this is humiliation and it's experienced as a lack of trust and that the kids are confused and there's a power dynamic at play. And as the social media challenge has taken on a life of its own, Kids are being swept up and no one is thinking about their feelings in any capacity. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was a little silly, but I felt like they were really just trying to have fun. I don't, you know, 
I don't know. I don't think that I would crack an egg on a kid's head, but maybe, you know, we all have different things that we laugh at. Some kids are silly. They might enjoy it. When we come forward, we'll have more trending topics and headlines. We will get into what's going on with Cardi B and her cover of a new magazine. We'll talk about Black China and her quest for child support. And we have an interview coming up next hour with Stephanie Noni Danny Van of Essence Magazine. All of that and more, you are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. We are talking about parents busting their kids in the face with eggs. Um, the TikTok challenge. Now listen, they the pediatricians are very serious about the damage they feel that this can cause to kids. They also mentioned that all of these trends come at a time when we're starting to crack down on the rights of children as far as on the Internet and online safety for kids because the Internet is forever. And granted, you know, one or two pranks, big deal, maybe, maybe not, depends, but Think about this. This stuff lives forever. So your kids in high school, somebody finds it and shares it with the whole school that their mom busted them in the head with an egg and they were crying, maybe did something embarrassing and boom, all over again. So they also feel like, you know, it's a bullying aspect to it to a degree, not just for future reference with other kids, but that the parents are low key bullying their kids. I don't know. I mean, I guess you have to check the temperament of a child. Each child is going to respond differently, but you should at least make sure that they're at an age where they can understand the joke and maybe laugh and not feel, you know, ashamed, attached to it. Anyway, from one egg conversation to, well, no. Never mind. That was going to be a bad joke. Bad joke. So let's talk about Black China. Black China has officially filed to collect child support for her 10-year-old son with Tyga. She is seeking joint custody. We know Black China no longer uses that. Well, she kind of does, but she's going by her government name, Angela White. And so she's filed for joint custody and child support. Remember, she mentioned a few years back that she didn't get child support from neither Tyga nor Rob, to which they both responded that they kept the children the majority of the time. But we know that recently Angela has changed her life. She has gotten on a fitness journey. She has accepted God into her life. She's taken out some of her fillers and plastic um, surgery enhancements because she wants a better, you know, more, I guess, pious life. Maybe that's what the word I'm looking up. So Tyga reportedly took to social media on the 25th in response to China filing the motion and saying, 10 years later, nah, stick to your schedule Saturday to Monday. Tokyo Tony, China's mother, also responded, you know, she responded to one of the posts that was put on Instagram blog, the neighborhood talk, and said that Tiger should be ashamed of himself. She said, you should be paying child support. 
What kind of man are you? She said she's never asked you for a dime for her son. You should be ashamed. Why are you putting pressure where it doesn't have to be? You could have come in here, but you think it's good. Don't let me um, don't let me stop you before I go up one side and slide down another. So it sounds like Tokyo Tony's like, don't have me release some info. We know Tokyo is not shy with whatever she has to add to the mix. She also said he has not paid child support because there is no reason for him to when he has the child the majority of the time. Well, that wasn't Tokyo Tony. That actually was a commenter. And... Someone else said, I actually agree with Tyga. She needs to go slow. He needs consistency before they change everything. Well, I mean, I would stand to reason that them changing as far as whether it's sole custody, joint custody, or whatever, isn't going to necessarily have a lot of effect on the child. But who's to say that the child doesn't want to spend more time with their mother or a different schedule? And lastly... You know, these are the things that happen when you have children. You got to pay child support no matter what. It goes down. So we'll see what the outcome of it is. Rob has remained pretty silent. We know that six-year-old Dream spends a great deal of time with her side of the family. We know that Chloe said that she considers herself like a second mother to Dream. So... We'll see what happens. You know, a few, I guess it was back in 2020, uh, China, Black China, bragged about not having any child support from her children's father. She said, my biggest flex. I mean, just honestly taking care of my kids by myself as a single parent with no child support. That's what's up. So we'll see what happens with that, how it all shakes down. We know that we never like to see that stuff in the headlines, but it happens. And, you know, he does have a point if he has them the majority of the week. But we've been through this. The children have to be in the same lifestyle from one parent's house to the other. I, I mean, and maybe this is all just a formality, too, because earlier this month, China um was in an interview with Entertainment Tonight, and she said that she has good co-parenting relationships, <coughs> excuse me, with both of her children's fathers. So hopefully it'll work it all out. Remember, Tyga also said that he pays $40,000 a year for his son's private school. Um, that was when Rob chimed in and said he pays 37000 a year for Dream's private school. He handles every single medical expense, yada, yada, yada. But China is turning over a new leaf, and maybe part of that is taking more of an active role in that manner in her children's lives. But, you know, she needs the funds to do it. We shall see. We'll get into all of that and more as the story develops. So coming up, I know I mentioned that we're going to get into the 16. 16 highest selling rappers of all time based purely on album sales. This is according to the Recording Industry Association of America. So there's no disputing it. But I do think the list is kind of interesting. And I wonder, does it impact? And of course, we'll talk about it more when we get into it. Your feelings around hip hop and 
who you feel like the top dogs are and how it should all roll out. We're going to talk about all of that a little later. But of course, I mentioned Cardi B. And Cardi is the cover on the cover of Vogue Mexico for their September 2023 issue. Um, she posted it on Instagram, of course. And in the interview, she talked about what inspired her and Offset to record the new single, Jealousy, that we all seem to have kind of forgotten about. Uh, but what she said was, there are many female rappers out there who are not judged in the same way that I'm judged. Cardi said this. I don't have room to fail. I can't lose. I think there has been a revolution in social media People today have become more sensitive, but also more brutal. When I started using the internet, I didn't get into so I didn't so much get into the lives of the artists that I was into. I didn't want to cancel them. I didn't hate them or try and ruin their lives. You know, so Cardi said that her husband and I and she wanted to make a song like that because the haters didn't understand that. Even though they're talking about us, they can't stop us. They can't keep us out of their mouth. There are many people who always tell us things that they are attacking us all the time. And we wanted to take all that weight off of our shoulders. She said that they are tired of responding to people on the Internet and decided to it would be better to put it in the music. We know that Cardi also is dealing with a lawsuit um, that she won from a blogger, a YouTuber, Tasha Kay, and Tasha reportedly offered to settle the lawsuit with six figures, even though she owes Cardi $3.9 million. She requested to pay 220000 out of the $3.9 million that she owes. She's filed for bankruptcy. She says she doesn't have the money to pay it. So we'll see what that happens because Cardi is relentless with that. As far as the cheating and some of the conversation that was discussed in reference to Offset in the interview, Cardi said that um, it's difficult for her to navigate her feelings for him while listening to and seeing the fans' opinions of him online. She said, if you love somebody and you stop being with them and you're depressed and social media is telling you not to talk to that person because they cheated, you're not really happy on the inside until you have that conversation. Then if you get back with them, it's like, how could you? You've let us all down. People um, that are in marriages for years, when they say till death do us part, they're not talking about the little arguments like if you leave the fridge open. They're talking about everything. So Cardi is saying, you know, give her some grace. She's married. It's till death do us part. And we're going to ride. And, you know, you guys make her feel bad when you try to give her a hard time. But we'll see what goes down with it. Tony Yayo in the chat, going back to that Houston being the cleanest city, says, Friendswood is in the suburbs of the southern part of Houston, somewhat affluent and clean. So that is where the cleanest city is in America, according to this study. When we come forward, we'll get into the top 16 selling hip-hop artists of all time. And we will have our interview with Essence VP Stephanie I just blanked on Stephanie's last name. Noni is her nickname now, and she's a singer. All that and more, you're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580.